This is Anastasia Avakumova with Cortez Currents, which you can also access on CortezCurrents.ca. Cortez Community Forest Cooperative held a dynamic public meeting on Saturday, January 28th that generated diverse ideas, now being distilled into a roadmap with which the cooperative plans to create local jobs through value-added wood products. The meeting, attended by about 50 people, was led by consultants Oliver Schofield and Rami Rothkop, hired by the cooperative to assess the local ecosystem and identify the most suitable opportunities the community can take on. The two consultants have partnered together on projects starting in 2019. Schofield is the business and financial analyst. So we've worked more on actually doing the feasibility studies and business planning for milling businesses, similar to what Rami's done at Harrop Proctor. So this is the first one where we're analyzing the full picture as opposed to honing in on exactly one idea but all similar scale communities remote communities indigenous communities around bc how do you feel about how today went in terms of how much ground was covered it was incredible you couldn't have asked for a better day we had a great turnout and we honestly have learned so so much we spent all day yesterday touring the different mills on the island. We spent the first night we got here, we got to meet the board of the co-op. And then today we've just learned from everyone who's here living, working and benefiting from this community. What stood out for you as some of the recurring themes or kind of major things that came out of the discussion? Yeah, the, the biggest thing, honestly, is that there's interest in it. Everyone talks about the quality of the wood here and then the community aspect and doing things sustainably with different values than just making money. And so... Having that interest means that people are, are going to be keen to learn, keen to move forward with these different ideas. So for now, for us, it's about figuring out which ideas are the most valuable and will generate the most interest in the community. From your past experience on similar-ish projects and just from the things that are coming out from today, is it too early to say what you see could be the more viable things? Too early to say for certain, but we've definitely had minds have been spinning already into something that we think could be viable. And we talk about taking things a bit slower, so not necessarily jumping into investing a bunch of money in equipment and then the risk is that it's never used or never used properly. So the idea of moving in that direction and starting with milling without the kiln and molder and then eventually moving into purchasing that kiln and molder and growing is an idea and something that we've been putting together is if you've got this idea of a roadmap, that could be a highway. But then alongside that next to the highway, there's always this small little roads that get you to the same place. And those are the types of things where we're looking at how the co-op or the community forest can help to lift and provide a platform for other entrepreneurs to jump onto and launch their own businesses or their own ideas, their own products. It's going to be an organic kind of growth. That, exactly. Yeah. It's an organic growth and it's also, I think, a couple of different streams and the co-op or a central entity can help provide that platform to bring them all together. I'm so thankful and grateful for the hospitality of everyone on the island. It's been a fantastic few days. The meeting started with an hour-long presentation by Rothkopf who is the co-founder of Harrop Proctor Forest Products in the Kootenays region, located in southeastern British Columbia, and named after the two small communities of Harrop and Proctor. That company was started with the objective of creating local jobs in an industry that has primarily been focused on efficiency and downsizing labor in pursuit of higher profits. When you think of, in British Columbia, the jobs that are being created through our collect 
active industrial forestry operations, there's very few jobs for volume woodcut. So if initiatives can be created that focus much more on value add in doing, creating more jobs with less wood, and the goal is to have employment, you need less wood to create more jobs for people. So that should equate to taking pressure off the land, which is what's called for here, because a lot of people here don't want logging at all. So that, I think, needs to be a big part of the vision is how do we do that? Because if we want to keep the cut low and we still need income, how can we generate that in different ways? In focus to value-added employment, more labor-intensive things that could be toys, that could be art, And the greater the emphasis on on intensive labor, the more work there is with less wood. The mill Rothkop manages in Hera Proctor has grown to produce all manner of building materials, from an array of dimensional lumber, such as boards and beams, to more artisanal products, like live edge pieces and even arched posts. And there are still more customers buying offcuts that are considered milling waste, which significantly increases what's called the recovery rate, the amount of wood utilized out of each cubic meter. There's countless customers that come in, everything from the people that use one-foot lengths of wood for cutting boards or whatever to furniture makers, right? So they're taking our wood and adding value within their own businesses. But yeah, I mean, if we included those jobs in the stats, it'd be through the roof. I have no way of charting all that. I just know I've met dozens of cool people at the mill that are very appreciative that they come in and buy our wood because they feel good about using it. And it'll be no different here. Where people have pride in Cortez. And like we were just talking about at the end, it's a face to the community forest. So like Kerry was speaking about it, if we start stamping these products with Cortez made or wood from the Cortez community forest... All of a sudden, people associate the community forest with more than just logs. That's all part of the vision, and I think it's a good one. The community forest is a partnership between the Clahoose First Nation and the non-Indigenous island community. As a provincially granted tenure, they are obligated to show economic development. At present, this goal is primarily achieved through a few annual periods of selective logging, which provide raw materials for local mills. However, without adequate demand or storage facilities, Director Maureen Williams said up to 70% of logs are shipped off-island in raw form and sold by brokers. The Community Forest Cooperative is eager to shift these numbers in favor of not only using as much wood as possible, as locally as possible, but also to take advantage of the recently announced $90 million set aside by the province to fund value-added wood product initiatives. For this reason, the second part of the meeting was devoted to small breakout groups discussing potential ventures and barriers to achieving them, as well as other questions such as whether the cooperative or entrepreneurs will be best suited to spearheading these initiatives and how much of Cortez Community Forest's wood should be marketed off-island. At least one director from the cooperative's board sat in each group and furious notes were scribbled to capture the discussion. In the last part of the meeting, each group summarized their notes for everyone gathered. Several ideas were echoed around the room, including a central facility for equipment and storage of materials, a shared maker space that could double as a classroom, building up Cortez Community Forest's brand, 
and the need for a generational transfer of skills from the older millers and woodworkers on the island to interested young people. Some of the obstacles discussed included lack of commercially zoned land on Cortez, the need for funding, and questions regarding whether enough locals were eager to step up as entrepreneurs or if there was more interest in job opportunities provided by employers. Some ideas aimed to stack solutions, such as woodworker Phil Hayes' concept of Cortez-built tiny homes. I think if we're going to market any kind of volume of wood, our best options are to do something really unique and then also market all the benefits of the community forest, collaboration with the clothes, the way that we try to do like really green forestry. Basically, it would be building a tiny home that is kind of upscale. It would be fairly high craftsmanship timber frame, but it would be two or three designs that maybe have a lot of interchangeable parts. And I see a number of local artisans and producers being able to produce these parts. You could set up a fairly small operation just doing staircases or just doing rafters or just providing a certain component that would be required for these, what would essentially be kit homes. They could get packed up in a 20-foot shipping container. What would make it different is, number one, I would like to make the walls out of a solid wood construction as well. Basically a sandwich construction of four or five layers of dimensional wood. So these designs, even though they're tiny homes, would be very intensive on wood consumption because they're basically all wood. <laughs> you know, no insulation. People who have allergies now to a lot of these products that are off-gassing, the petrochemical products, the foams and things like that, adhesives in plywood. The idea is to create a design where it's basically this house is being built within kilometers of where the trees grew and it's getting shipped from point A, which is where it's manufactured and where the trees grew, directly to point B. And it cuts out all that carbon footprint. So that's the concept. And I like the idea that it's sort of like a, not like a gig economy, like it doesn't have to be built in one ginormous factory, the various components, because it literally goes together like a Lego house. I kind of felt like it ticks like a number of boxes. We need to use a volume of wood. So doing salad bowls is wonderful, but you're just not going to chew through anything near what we need to be cutting in a year. And it also could also employ a lot of people with the current machinery that we have on the island. You don't have to build a giant factory. And I thought it would be neat also to knock one together somewhere that it's accessible to people because people like to see that kind of... I lived in Pemberton for a while and we built a timber frame community barn it was right downtown and it becomes a tourist attraction same thing in golden when they built their timber frame bridge over the kicking horse river or people like to see something made out of wood using traditional tools using traditional methods kind of coming together and it would be a marketing opportunity and be a little bit of a tourist attraction if we knock one together on the common property behind mansions or something in the summertime it has a visual appeal too. Like it'd be a uniquely Cartesian product we can be proud of. It's not just we're pumping out X number of board feet of this and trying to compete with all these other companies that are basically doing the same thing. Yeah, anyways, that's the plan. So I'd like to pursue it. I'm going to work on a couple of designs. I'm just a fairly busy guy. I work for a couple of local contractors and we're trying to build our own place. <laughs> that's the challenge is finding the time. The two consultants, Oliver Schofield and Rami Rothkop, now have a local vision 
and are tasked with presenting a draft roadmap by the end of February. Lots of ideas today. Is part of you and Oliver's job to consolidate them and potentially comment on what might be the most viable going forward? Or The answer is yes, we are to do that. I slash we have to weigh what we did with Harold Proctor with what the community's wishes are here. And maybe how that looks is a business plan that has different options, and some of the strongest options that came up. And I think a graduated approach would be a good idea. Do this for a while and then move to this rather than jump in all at once. So we don't have the answer to how that's going to look yet. But as the plan formulates, we'll likely reflect back to the community what we think we heard and take it from there. What do you think might be some of the challenges in the next steps that are coming? Just the human element of kind of uniting and moving forward. But again, the potentials there, just this whole partnership with the Clahoos, I think creates a lot of potential. You say the challenges, just getting on the same page or even agreeing to disagree and picking a direction and trying it and being willing to change course if need be. But people have different opinions. I think with the co-op, It's going to be a different challenge because we decided to buy all this equipment. And so it became a challenge to make it work financially with the co-op, just the whole community forest or whatever vehicle is chosen to represent value added. The challenge will be who's going to do it, making that decision and getting behind it because there's debate or indecision here on who's going to do what. That's an important step. But I think that's in process right now. We talked about it a lot today. I mean, it's overwhelmingly wonderful. There's so much, so many moving parts, so much commitment, so much love for the community. I just feel really kind of high on everyone I've met and the energy, which is the good part. I mean, there's always hard parts of what's coming up, but I get the sense there's some commitment to move forward, which is cool. I'm kind of honored to be part of that in some way. This is Anastasia Avakamova with Cortez Currents.